Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for praying the Chaplet of Divine Mercy with me this afternoon. It's a great day. Today is um, a day I want to remember in a special way, a powerhouse uh, intercessor, and that is Blessed Michael Sapochko. And uh, Father Sapochko was uh, a young, intensely spiritual priest who um, ended up becoming St. Faustina's spiritual director. This is back in 1933. He was appointed to be confessor to the convent of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in Vilnius. That's present-day Lithuania, where her convent was at the time. And I'll tell you what, his life would forever change. Uh, It was there that there was a confessional, and he met this humble little nun who had a tremendous weight on her shoulder. She came in and she told him that Jesus, that the Lord, had begun revealing to her his message of divine mercy. And it was an urgent message, she says, and he wanted it shared with the entire world. So, you know, the priest thinking, what's the matter with this nun? <laughs> you know, he I'm sure he had a lot of reservation. Um, he prayed, and um, he actually ha- had St. Faustina evaluated at one point in time psychologically, and she was found to be completely sane. And uh, Faustina had been praying at the same time for a spiritual director to help her, to help guide her, to help her understand what she was experiencing from the Lord. And Blessed Sapochka was the answer to her prayers. He eventually became the main promoter of her revelations. I and mean, if it wasn't for Blessed Sapochko, we would not have the image of divine mercy, which he made sure was done. We would not have the diary of St. Faustina, which he made sure St. Faustina wrote even after she burned her first diary to rewrite that. Uh, we wouldn't have the understanding that we do today. Uh, unfortunately, Blessed Sapochko never saw Divine Mercy approved. Uh, he died in 1975, uh, was beatified in 2008. But the there was a ban on Divine Mercy for years. It was John Paul II, enter, you know, who initiated the, uh, the investigation into that and overturned the ban. But the Lord told St. Faustina, he said to her, you know, Michael Sapochko, Father Sapochko, will be your visible help, uh, help on earth. He'll help you carry out my will on earth. And several miracles have been attributed already to his intercession. Some have had to do with the heart. So let's pray today uh, through this powerhouse saint who I believe, like St. Faustina, is going to be you know, raised to the altars as a great saint. You know, I'm sure there's miracles in the offing. So call upon him. You know, I, I talked about Father Ron Pytel or so many other people who've turned to St. Faustina and receive these in Maureen Digan, they receive these incredible miracles that, that led to beatification and canonization. Maybe it's your cause, maybe it's your cancer, maybe it's your impossible situation that will be the scientifically defying miracle that will help bring about uh, another great chapter in the Divine Mercy devotion. I'm praying today with my colleague Maggie on this great day. Maggie, anything you want to pray for or lift up as we begin uh, praying the chaplet? Just prayers of thanksgiving for our listeners and our prayer warriors. I know Mm -hmm. that they tune in every day so faithfully. Well, let's pray for our country, too. And uh, there's some serious news developing um, in terms of anti-satellite missiles and nuclear weapons in space. We've got um, conflict in the Middle East that could erupt into a much larger regional war. We've got other adversaries. We have our own dysfunction here in our country. So let's pray for peace. Let's pray for conversion. Let's do it every day. Please pray, 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 pray for our country and for our leaders. Pray for God's will uh, to be done. All right. And we'll pray for healing and we'll pray for answered prayers and we'll pray for miracles. 
And we'll pray for stuff that's not so serious either. I always ask the Lord. You know, I, I often think, asking you shall receive. I ask for all sorts of stuff. God has blessed me, thank God, today, you know, with health. But, you know, I know a lot of people don't have that, and we're praying for those those healings. But ask God for whatever you want, right? He's your Father, and He loves you. Let me share one quick email here, and then we'll, we'll kick the chaplet off, okay? This one came in. I think this was sent to me. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. Uh, well, two. This one says, I had an, uh, uh, an esophageal lesion. It was thought to be cancerous. Uh, had tests. It was very stressful two weeks, waiting for the test results and scopes to come back. I want to thank God. It is not cancerous. So we will thank God for those prayers. This person said, I wrote asking for prayers last week for my dad who was dying. And he was freed from dementia. Uh, I I use the app to access all my prayers. The chaplet plays all the chaplet plays all three versions, one after the other, which I didn't know. After the first series was done, he opened his eyes and appeared to be looking at something. And then he turned to Ash and Gray. I knew it would only be a four, few more moments, so I prayed this chaplet again, and I said my goodbyes. I know it was because of the Divine Mercy Chaplet that gave me the courage to not not to relent. He did receive the anointing of the sick and holy water. So between all that, I pray he's now in our Lord's kingdom. Your app has been a godsend. I couldn't think, but I had enough wherewithal to access the app, and it guided me through that day. And I love that. Please check out the Relevant Radio app, and I'll just put a quick plug into it. There was another man who wrote to me whose father was dying in that horrible moment when you're losing your loved one. It's hard to really pray, right? It's hard to. So he turned the app on, and he let the chapel of divine mercy play. And yeah, we're all united in prayer. Somebody's praying right now for you and for your situation. So I'm delighted to see that that could be a blessing. And let's pray for those who are dying, and in a particular way today, for those who mourn. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. First up today, Rob out of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hi, Rob. 
Hey, Drew. Thank you for your ministry. Uh, so my first prayer today is uh, for my friend's mother. Uh, she's in the process of passing. I don't believe they are practicing Catholics. Um, so I, I just want to pray for her uh, that she can meet uh, the divine Savior, or divine mercy, excuse me. And then my, my other attention uh, would be for a, uh, a park that association I'm a part of. I just sense a lot of darkness, um, possible practicing of witchcraft and things of that nature. Um, and I, I just pray to expel the darkness and, and Christ can in, uh, come, come openly and invite it into, that, into those areas of that park and uh, uh, just... Um, you know, that Christ's lights can, can shine. So, Well, we'll pray for you for protection, especially. I don't know if you can bring some holy water to that event before the event begins. Sprinkle it around. Make sure you've got your spiritual armor on, you know, or your scapular, your miraculous medal, or your St. Benedict. But we'll pray. We'll blanket you in prayer because that's the most important thing. And I'm also grateful for your prayer, Rob, for uh, the sick and dying. I know you didn't ask for anything for yourself, so we'll pray for you. But, um, what an honor it is for me and for Maggie and for all of us to come together and to pray for this soul right now that's about to take its final breath or at least getting close to making that transition. And, and the Lord promised great mercy at the hour of death. And boy, that's what I need in my final breath, right? I want the Lord's great mercy. He used the word great mercy. But he asked us all to pray unceasingly for the dying. He says, you know, pray as much as you can is, is what he said because the grace of eternal salvation for certain souls in those final moments depends on your prayers. And you, you were saying you're not quite sure of the state of where this person is with God. God's merciful. And let's ask that these super abundance of grace reach those who are being called home. And again, we don't know the day or the hour. We're going to pray for those who lost their lives in Kansas City in that parade and for all who are suffering and all who God will call home today. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. And for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, St. Paul, Minnesota is on deck. Stephen, thanks for praying with us. Good afternoon. You know, I really can't. Super muffled. Well, why don't you give it another shot? If not, I'll, I'll try you again in a second. Hello? Yeah, you know, uh, Stephen, we're going to have to put you on hold for a second. We'll see if that clears up for you. I'll, I'll try to get you back on. Let me s jump over right now to uh, Jacinta, who is uh, praying with a, I'm sorry, Irma, who is in California. Irma, good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon. Um, I'm gonna, if you can pray for my friend, dear friend Glenda, she's having surgery right now, okay. and it's a very delicate surgery. Um, the doctor gave her 50% chance. It's a heart procedure. Yes, and she really needs a lot of prayers. Um, she's she's not just sick. She has other illnesses. Well, it's a good day for us to pray for her, Irma. And boy, what a frightening thought going into surgery and your doctor tells you it's 50-50. Um, Correct. How sobering is that? Um, 
Look, let's pray. You know, Blessed Sopochko, uh, who I was talking about just a moment ago, I believe one of the miracles uh, that he's associated with also deals with the heart. I, I know St. Faustina in particular, the Father Ron Pytel, who led to her canonization, that was a, a heart miracle as well. So let's pray for your neighbor's surgery today. Uh, if it is her time and God's going to call her home, then we'll certainly pray for her new life, that the Lord will meet her as a merciful Savior. But let's entrust her to the hands of our merciful Savior right now. And, and Irma, I want to pray for you and every one of the intentions that you ask God for. I know you didn't voice anything. And Lord, in your mercy, hear the cries and prayers of Irma. But I do give to you today those drawing their final breaths. Pray for the hour of our own death, that you will come as a merciful Savior, not a just judge. But be the hands of the surgeon and let us hear the testimony and the miracle of divine mercy that her friend has recovered with flying colors and we could sing your praises, Lord, and your mercy. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world i will right, jump back to st paul see if stephen signals any better hi stephen good afternoon yeah hi drew can you hear me yeah it's a lot better thank you sir um i'm calling for uh peace for my arrest for my caregivers i i've had since the end of november <clears throat> I had three operations and they discovered bladder cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And because of my weakened state, I'm still waiting to get into chemo. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just requesting this prayer. I've had a lot of blessed people praying for me. And I thought I would try one because my wife and I have been to Green Bay for the walk to Mary's. Okay. And I think I've met you once. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'll leave it go with that, and and, uh, and thanks for everything you're doing. Yep. And uh, by the way, I got Parkinson's two oh. years ago, which complicates things. And anyway, I had a lot of hands laid on me, and do the best I can. But thank you. Well, you know, Stephen, I'm going to pray for. I'll pray for you personally too. And before I leave the studio here, I'll stop by our chapel and make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament for you. Um, hang in there, all right? Parkinson's will call upon John Paul II, who struggled with that too. You know, great saint also uh, had to deal with that. And we'll pray for you. I want to pray for your wife too. But we'll hear, we'll, we'll, Lord, I, I pray for Stephen's bladder and, and for this cancer. I don't understand disease or suffering, Lord. I, I know you bring good out of everything. I do thank you for this prayer. I do thank you for the prayer of the chaplet. And I give to you right now, all who are united with me, in this prayer. And I know you said it pleases me to grant everything souls ask of me by this chaplet. So I pray in particular for for this man. And I pray for miracles today, as I often do, Heavenly Father. May you please hear them. Maggie, I know we're on the third deck and I almost skipped over you, but um, 
anything you need us to pray for as well? I know there's a lot of intentions coming in on all of our social media platforms. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming in. Nan wrote to us from Peoria, Arizona. Um, She says, pray for good healing of Nan's badly fractured left arm. I pray the chaplet a great deal with you. Now I need prayers during the chaplet. Thank you, Jesus. I trust in you. Liz wrote to us, we've prayed a a lot for her husband and his blood condition. Um, She said, I really need prayers for Tom. He fell on our kitchen floor and has fractured his left hip. We went to the ER after a long night of pain and prayers. He's going to have surgery at 7.30 Pacific tonight. Jesus, we trust in you. Chris wrote to us and said, Drew and Maggie seeking prayers for Katrina's swift recovery from wrist surgery. Thank you. Have a blessed Lent. Krista says, uh, Maggie and Drew, I have an urgent request for a young man, 18 years old, named Addison, suffering from severe depression, and he's not responding to treatments. He's dropping out of university. He needs our prayers for complete healing. Please add him to today's chaplet. God bless. Mary says, please pray for the sale of my son's cottage property for his asking price. He said, um, Mary says, there, there is a showing at this time. Oh, wow. And Tracy says, my husband and I have been trying to get pregnant for over a year. I've gotten signs that I might be this time around. <laughs> please pray that my pregnancy test is positive tomorrow. Tracy, we're praying for you. That's great. I know you will too, Meg. Mm-hmm. You'll pray for her in a special way. That's exciting. All right. Well, Lord, we put all this into your hands. We do. We'll just, we just trust in you and uh, ask for your mercy. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right. Next call comes from Nora. She's in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Hi, Nora. Yes, good morning. Uh, Good afternoon, Drew, Maggie. Thank you so much. Today, I'd like to pray for all the prayer warriors. And I'd like to pray for my sister, Maggie, who has um, stage four cancer. And for my husband, Carmelo, of 48 years, who has Alzheimer's dementia, that the Lord may grant them a miracle of healing. Poor thing. All right, Nora, hang in there. All right, we're going to pray for you right now. A lot of suffering in your family. I pray for your husband. I'm going to pray for your for your sister with stage four cancer. Lord, I give you Parkinson. I give you Alzheimer's. I give you dementia. I give you all those who are struggling with it. But I give you today also in a particular way, the caregivers, the family members, the loved ones, they suffer in their own way. Fortify them, give them strength and wisdom and patience. I want to pray for our first responders and our military and our law enforcement and all those who we so uh, depend on as well who serve. Lord, I give you my heart. I unite it to all who pray with me. 
please hear my humble prayers. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right, Cheryl is praying with us in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A lot of Minnesota callers today. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I'm requesting prayers for my children and for myself, but especially my son named Joseph. Um, I found out um, early this morning that he is struggling with some mental health issues. Um, he tried taking his life. Um, we pray that he will get that, that he's willing to get the help that he needs. And also um, ask his mom just to pray that I can handle the situation and I can actually be there to help him and not hinder the process. And then also pray for the repose of the soul of my husband, their dad. Um, and for the soul, um, his name was Jerry, and for the soul of of my dad, Ralph. Thank you very much. Hang in there, Cheryl. We'll pray for you. I'm really sorry to hear about your son especially, but we'll pray for him. And, and Lord, I pray against the spirit of suicide. Anyone right now who's having suicidal ideations, Lord, I ask you pierce that darkness. You fill their heart. You hold back their hand. You allow them to know that they were created for a mission and a purpose in this life. Illuminate their path. I think of Cheryl, and I ask every parent to pray for her. I can't imagine what she's going through. I mean, nothing's more terrifying than I think your child's going to get hurt or maybe hurt themselves. And I think what Scripture says, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary, who are carrying heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my, my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm humble of heart. Lord, I give you everyone who's united with me now. Every intention, every want, every trial, every concern, every anxiety, every fear, every petition. I know you hear my prayers. I am so grateful for that. I just ask you today to allow the torrents of your grace, those currents to flow to reach all those who are praying the chapel with me today and allow there to be many answered prayers and many miracles. We pray, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world 
Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will which is love and mercy itself jesus i trust in you jesus i trust in you jesus i trust in you our Lady Queen of Heaven. Pray for us. Our Lady of Champion. Pray for us. Mother of Mercy. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Our Lady Reconciler of Peoples and Nations. Pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for Saint us. St. Joseph. Pray for Saint us. St. Faustina. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. St. Peregrine. Pray for us. St. Jose Maria Escriva. Pray for us. St. Patrick. Pray for us. Blessed Michael Sapochko. Pray for us. Anybody else, Meg? Hmm. Anybody else we need to throw out there? I think we got them all, right? I think we did. All you angels and saints. Pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we have these patron saints for alcoholism or whatever, some of those intentions. But, man, heavy intentions. Let's all continue to pray for one another. And do me a favor, too, if you could. Please share the chaplet with others. Let them know that we're on every day at this time. They can listen on the radio. They can download the relevant radio mobile app, which is phenomenal. You can Catch us on Facebook or on YouTube and, and and catch me virtually that way. But spread the message of divine mercy. Send me your petitions. Above all, send me your answer prayers because I know that God is working. I know there are miracles unfolding as I speak, as we pray. And you can email me, Drew, at RelevantRadio.com. That's Drew at RelevantRadio.com. Mark your answered prayer, answered prayer. Maggie's on our Twitter account as well, and you can send her a post, or I should say her X account, at Drew Mariani show. Stay with me. A lot more programming straight ahead. Some some very interesting um, analysis when I return. Stay with me. Your daily dose of faith, hope, and charity. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, join Father Rocky this September for a pilgrimage to Poland and Prague. You'll visit the lands of St. John Paul the Great, St. Faustina, our Lady of Chestahova and the Infant Child of Prague. Seats are limited. Information at relevantradio.com slash Poland. That's relevantradio.com slash Poland. Vast majority of the science fathers, every discipline from astronomy, chemistry, quantum mechanics, computer sciences, those are Christ hmm. followers. I mean, this is get over it. They are. The, the Nobel laureates in the sciences are dominated by Christians, there are six times more Christians involved in the sciences as Nobel laureate winners than there are atheists and agnostics combined. I mean, we have a tendency to think that I, I cannot believe in supernaturalism, that a man rose from the grave and still be involved in the sciences. Really? The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, it's good to be with you today. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Today, I don't know if you know this, the anniversary of the um, of the birth of uh, of the Galileo affair, if you will. Uh, 460 years ago today, a little baby was born in Italy. Um, I, I doubt the uh, family or anyone in the city of Pisa where Galileo was born would have foreseen the 
you know, impact that he'd have a half a millennial later, people still arguing, debating over his contributions. And I, you know, I find this, I would have a conversation today, and you can join me coming up in just a moment will be uh, Dr. Daniel Keebler. I always enjoy tapping into his expertise. I thought we'd talk today about some of the popular myths regarding the Catholic Church when it comes to faith and science and God, right? I, I you know, so often there's this m- massive, you know, there's confusion really around um, how the church views science. And the church has always been at the tip of the spear when it comes to science. That's what always frustrates me. You, know, you look at the Gregorian calendar, uh, that's in use today because it was reformed by Gregory the, uh, I think it was the 13th back in 1582, because the church recognized the need for a more accurate way of calculating Easter. And it led to the involvement of astronomers and mathematicians. It was one of the most significant reformations of the time. Uh, you know, the Vatican Observatory, one of the oldest astronomical research institutions in the world. That came out of the church. Don't forget Father George Lemaitre, the Belgian priest and physicist who proposed the Big Bang Theory. Did that in, in 1927 or, or Gregor Mendel, you know, the, uh, the friar, I think he was an Augustinian, um, who made such advancements in the, in the world of genetics. Church has been there when it comes to education, when it comes to health care, when it comes to science. We're not in opposition to it. The church is not anti-science. It's not. In fact, it's a great promoter of it. But because of Galileo, we'll go back. There's some controversies like the Galileo affair. I think they've been oversimplified. I think they've been overamplified. I think they've been misinterpreted. And I've invited Dr. Daniel Keebler to join us today, bring us back in time, tell us the real story of the church and science, bring us back to Galileo, what, who he was, the accomplishment he had, and the controversy that now swirls. I mean, he, he radically changed the way we looked at the universe. And uh, it's good to have uh, Dr. Keebler with me today. He's the Dean of the School of Natural and Applied Sciences and a professor of biology at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Taught at Oxford. He's here today to share with you. Doctor, so good to have you with us today. Good afternoon. Hey, Drew. Uh, great to be back on the, the show. Excellent topic you got going on. Uh, I was looking forward to it. I saw the anniversary of the uh, of Galileo's. I think it was, today was his birth. Um, and I thought, well, let's talk about the facts and misconceptions over him. And, you know, bring us back in time. You know, my understanding of the Galileo case um, is that, you know, he changed his 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 views. He had this, uh, the, the I guess, the church and, and the world at the time uh, had this geocentric, this earth at the center view of the solar system. And he, you know, doing his own research and science, came up with the heliocentric, the sun at the center view. And, boy, that created a lot of consternation and, and controversy. And to this day, a lot of people think the church is anti-Catholic. Bring us back in time. Give us a little history lesson. What happened with Galileo and the church? And maybe we can also just talk about the contribution of the Catholic church to the world of science. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it's, it's very... In, um, the people often think the Galileo case is uh, representative of you know the relation between the church and science. And uh, the reality is you can't point to one other figure who the church condemned uh, for their scientific views. So this is sort of the exception that proves the rule about the synergy between um, scientific discovery in the church and all the things you said in the introduction about how the church has funded science and so forth. But um, even the Galileo episode was obviously much more complicated than most people um, sort of uh, uh, attributed to think it as well. You know, uh, Galileo had this uh, smoking gun to show, you know, that the earth was um, uh, you know, 
rotating around the sun and the church was just being um, recalcitrant and trying to hold on to some outdated uh, outdated theory. Um, and it was a lot more complicated than, than that. In fact, you know, Galileo had, um, you know, a good, good evidence that the earth was, was uh, moving around the sun, but there were certain pieces of evidence that, that he didn't have at the time. And there was multiple theories, you know, that, that scientists were debating um, about how, um, you know, the heavens actually moved. And Galileo was right about some things and he was wrong about others. You know, for example, he thought that, uh, you know, the earth uh, and the planets moved in circular orbits. And it turns out that now they move in elliptical orbits. Uh, you know, he thought that the tides were the result of the movement of the earth around the sun. And in fact, you know, they were the result of the, the moon moving around the earth. So there's things about the, about the science that Galileo um, had gotten wrong. And what really got him into trouble was, um, you know, sort of dis, d- disputes about how to interpret scripture. Um, and uh, particularly in the context of, you know, the post-Reformation uh, church, those were, were obviously charged issues. And um, he also was a very, very ornery personality. He is very uh, sarcastic in his writing, and he made enemies um, quite a bit, um, just personal enemies. And that also played a role into it. So it wasn't just this simple uh, science versus uh, faith um, debate. And the other thing to keep in mind is that Galileo was a Catholic till the day he died. He didn't, uh, you know, he, he was a good, you know, son of the church and the yeah. fact that uh, he, he he was not uh, you know anti um, <laughs> faith you yeah. know, so so yet he was someone that wanted to to reconcile the two well, when did the church do its mea culpa I mean how long did it take them to recognize that Galileo was right yeah interestingly uh, so um, Galileo um, his book um, that that really got him into trouble the, um, the dialogue uh, of, of concerning two uh, chief world systems. It was published in 1632, um, and it ended up um, uh, putting on the index. And then about 100 years later in 1740, the church allowed an edited version of it, and then finally it came off the index altogether in uh, uh, 1835. And then eventually, um, you know, Pope John Paul II issued a, an apology for that affair during his pontificate, um, and so uh, you know it, 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 it's sort of a slow recognition the church had. Okay, as the science became more mm. um, evident that this is what um, happened in the natural world, the church realized, okay, well then we have to accommodate this with our understanding of, of scripture, and it and it did, and it just uh, was a uh, you know. Uh, probably was a little it was too aggressive with with yeah. uh, condemning Galileo's ideas rather than letting the things play out and that's something I think Pope John Paul too recognized you, you know what's weird is the fact that the whole Galileo case uh, you know okay the church was off on this one but it became a cudgel for a couple hundred years against the faith with certain members of elite saying, Hey, you can't reconcile faith and science. And, you know, especially over something like evolution. And then you've got a lot of young people today leaving the practice of the faith. There was a survey out that shows that this particular case was the second most cited reason why college age people stopped going to church. And I'm thinking, well, this was cleared up a long time ago. They, they say science disproves what faith believes, which just shows really they don't understand the limits of science, do they? Um, why has why this persisted so long, this particular myth, if you will, this per- particular controversy? And, and what are some of the other popular ones right now that, that have a lot of people saying, ah, the church and, and faith or the church and science are incompatible? 
Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's amazing the legs that this uh, has. And there was, uh, particularly in the 1800s, there was a couple, um, a movement to sort of divorce uh, the, the sort of science and, and religion, thinking that science was uh, uh, being oppressed by religious uh, uh, beliefs. And there was a couple of influential books that came out in the mid-1800s that were totally... <laughs> totally polemical and uh, lacked, you know, uh, good research that we're arguing that the church has always been, um, and, uh, you know, uh, faith has always been Christian faith and the church, Catholic church in general has been, um, uh, problematic. And, and these books have been you know, sort of widely debunked, but they had a huge impact in the culture at the time. And I think it's still, uh, you know, still has, uh, bled over to today. And if you ask modern historians of science, you ask any modern historian of science it's worth the salt. They'll tell you, you know, everything we know about the Galileo case is largely wrong. It's much yeah. more complicated yeah. than that. And if anybody's interested, there's a, there's a, it's easy to read book. It's called Galileo Goes to Jail and Other Myths yeah. About Science and Religion. And it's a bunch of short essays in That's there by great. leading historians of sciences. And, you know, they go after all of these myths one at a time That's and awesome. just sort of debunk them. And these are, you know, the, the top historians of science um, uh, out there. And they're not all Catholics and they're not even all Christians. They're just people uh, that are trying to get to the heart and the truth of the matter. And so in, in the history of science, nobody thinks that the Galileo case is representative or could say that the church is, uh, you know, opposed science and, yeah. and, and so forth. It's, but it still has these legs in, in, in popular culture, largely I think because people yeah. want to see, you know, uh, want to see something that they can uh, or have something to, as you said, a cudgel to bang the church over the head with. You, you know what I find really striking? It's it's almost ironic um, that people who claim to have a scientific and, and rational mind, right, very intelligent people, when they don't have God, they get in trouble. For instance, the, the Daily Signal was reporting today that Susan Schultz, she's a woman uh, and gender studies professor at Oregon State, she wrote this uh, op-ed in Forbes titled, Transgender Swimmer Leah Thomas's Body is not the problem. Um, how do you miss the obvious, right? I, I mean, how do people who are so intelligent and so bright and understand science, how can they disconnect um, some of these just very obvious realities and, and, and buy into wokeism and, and so many of these other deceptions of our day? I mean, how, how do you put the science behind it? You also hear the left sometimes, like, science is science until it doesn't fit, like in the case of Leah Thomas. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, science, just like everything else, um, every other discipline is a human endeavor, right? And uh, so you bring, you know, your human biases, your your, your human, um, uh, you know, uh, desire for success and uh, fitting in. Um, and all of those things affect the way professional scientists um, act and, and behave. And so there is just like in any other group, there can be groupthink that goes into this. And if your colleagues, you know, uh, say this is how we need to think, well, the scientists are not immune to, to that type of, uh, uh, of influence. And, yeah. uh, and I think scientists have to be upfront and, yeah. and honest about what, where their biases are affecting, um, their, uh, their, their judgments. And clearly, you know, the, the transgender athletes, uh, you know, the, the science is very, very clear that, you know, uh, that there is a, a competitive advantage when you um, start, um, as a man, start taking testosterone suppressors, 
at age 18, you still have this advantage over women. So that's what the science says. And so you can't deny that. You can argue that they should compete against women, but don't tell me that 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 uh, the science says they don't have an advantage. The science right, clearly no, exactly. shows that, right? And so, um, yeah, this is what drives me nuts is when people try to they, to change the science. You know, the science is what it is. Now you've got to go ahead and argue based on that. Yeah, no kidding. My guest today, Dr. Daniel Keebler, if you want to join us, I have him for a few moments on the other side of this short little break. Uh, love to have you join the conversation. Pull up a chair, ask your questions, share your thoughts. Maybe you're in the world of academia. Maybe you're in the world of science. Maybe you've always been confused about this and you need some clarity. Feel free to give us a ring. The number's 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Our conversation will continue with more right after this. The Drew Mariani Show. Connected. Connected. Relevant Radio. Hey, if you have real estate or land that you no longer need, well, consider the advantages of donating it to Relevant Radio. The process is easy and the tax advantages can be huge. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash property. Everyone's heard the story of Galileo's run-in with the church. After proposing a view of the universe backed by science but contradicting the Bible, the church declared his work heretical and tortured him because the church doesn't like science. Or so the story goes. But what if I told you that this version of history wasn't told until the late 1800s and that the church has not only supported science throughout its entire history, it has often been on the forefront of making it better. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. No kidding, huh? The church, and I'll make it very clear to you, is not and has never been opposed to science. I know you might, oh, what about Galileo? What about, no, that is not the case at all. What about CRISPR, Drew? What about genetic modification? Uh, what about Elon Musk's Neuralink, right? They like to point to things that the church may be uh, objecting to. Sometimes there's a reason, you know, ethically and morally to object to um, a, a certain form of science, a certain, uh, well, certain uh, approaches to reproduction and life and things along those lines because they go contrary to God's natural law. But the church is not opposed to it. As I pointed out, I mean, they've been on the forefront of this from education to hospitals to to science to everything from genetics to the Big Bang Theory. And it goes on. Yet this myth persists. The truth is that the Catholic Church sees no contradiction between faith and reason, between the spiritual and the empirical. And my guest today, Dr. Daniel Keebler, he knows this well. Uh, he was talking about John Paul II, who also said that faith and reason are like the two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. And you can take a look at you know, so many of these greats in our own history. Doctor, you study cell biology. And uh, I will start there because you know, there's so many things we can, we can talk about. I'm sure as, the, more, I, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And when you look at the complexity of, of life. Um, and I don't know if there was ever something that you saw in your, in your learning, um, that you say, wow, clearly this is the hand of God. I know when I look at space and the mysteries of the galaxies and, 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 and the infiniteness of space and possible dimensions, you think, wow, that's something that's so big. But when you get microscopic or even beyond you know, subatomic, it just, it's pretty amazing as well. Um, give me your, you know, your, your thoughts on that. And then let's address the issue of, let's say CRISPR or Elon Musk's Neuralink or genetic modification. Even though some of these sciences can be used for good, we always have to counterbalance that with cautioning that they don't go off the rails and lead to something that's immoral. 
Yeah, no, I, I, on, that, on that first topic, I think that's one of the things that, that people often say, well, well, science can lead you away from God, because as you, you study the cell or study, you know, the universe, you start to see how you can explain certain things via, you know, scientific um, uh, processes. And so if we can explain how this happens scientifically, that removes the need for God. But that's not the way we, you know, as Catholics view God. You know, I think the more you realize how things work and the more order and uh, um, beauty there is in nature, that makes you step back and contemplate why do we live and, and why is this universe so ordered and beautiful from at, at every level, from the smallest level of the atom all the way up to the level of the entire universe that's chock full of order and scientists you know engage and study and understand that order and most scientists are honest are sort of awed by that that order um and uh, the fact that science uh, you know, a human tool can actually uncover that order and to me that resonates with that god has made us in a way that we can actually comprehend at least something of his creation um but that you know at the end of the day just like god is i think creation is a mystery and there's certain things we can understand about and there's others that we we may never understand but that 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 uh, uh you know, we're encountering a mystery in science, just like you're encountering a mystery in theology. Um, and so I think there's a, a deep resonance there that a, I think a lot of scientists have, um, you know, that, 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 uh, that beautiful, um, almost mystical experience when they're um, studying science or, or have those moments that, that actually sort of motivate you as a science scientist that, actually bring you closer to God rather than further away. And that's why I think, you know, the majority of scientists are God-fearing Christians, Catholics, you know, so it's not as if, you know, in science you, you, you immediately are turned away from God. So. Science and faith. How do you address students who are in conflict over, over like science and faith? How do you, how do you help them to see that there is no conflict there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things that, that, I, you know, when we, we talk about is the, the idea that, um, you know, there's nothing in, that, that science can reveal. If science is studying the natural world, God's creation, there's nothing that science is going to reveal about the natural world that's going to conflict with what God is going to reveal uh, uh, about himself through scripture and through the church, right? It's the same God behind everything. So there is no need. Um, so if somebody tells you, and the church has been clear on this, if anytime there seems to be a, a discordance between what the church tells you and what science tells you, it's either because we don't understand the science well enough, or it's because we haven't fully understood the, the teaching of the church, that, that we need to pray and study it more to actually come to a resolution, that all these things are just, um, if we do see those, that, that that's just because we don't fully understand what we're studying, because they both come from the same God. Scripture, the tradition, and nature all come from the same God, and they're all going to reveal the same God. Um, and so that's that, that's the sort of the key thing that I stress with with my students, and I challenge them to, to you know to uh -huh. hey tell me one scientific fact or one scientific observation that demonstrates that God doesn't exist or demonstrates that um, you know the teachings of the church are wrong, and you can't come up with anything. You know, there's there, there's not one scientific observation that can actually do that. That's a, that's a great question to pose. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Doctor, thank you for being here. I am really grateful for your time. I, just a final thought here. Is there a book? I love the book you recommended on Galileo, but is there something that you'd recommend or a website or a resource for people who say, I'd love to dive into this a little bit more to understand the role of the church and, and science and its contribution to Western civilization? 
Yeah, there, there's uh, two places. I, I'm a, the vice president of the Society of Catholic Scientists. So if you go to the Society of Catholic Scientists website, we have a number of articles up there. They talk about um, good, uh, um, great scientists of the past, uh, Catholic scientists of the past, um, and uh, talk about some you know major issues about uh, you know science and faith. So that's a that's a, a great resource. And then I'm also involved with a, a podcast um, that's. Uh, called Purposeful Lab. Our next season's coming out, actually comes out today um, or tomorrow, and uh, we awesome. uh, deal with a lot of these issues related to science and and, uh, uh, and faith and how the two actually are um, synergistic and, and both point to God. So those are two places that I'd recommend. If people are interested in this, they can find some great resources. Well, Dr. Thanks. I appreciate you being here. We'll catch up again soon, okay? All right, great. Thanks, Thanks Drew. You got Dr. Daniel Keebler there from Steubenville, Ohio. Check out those resources. Just a final thought on this as well. Uh, look, the church has changed the world, and it's going to continue to do that. Uh, we've talked about everything from astronomy to scientific theory. It can, has con- incredible contributions in the world of music, in education, in the written world, word uh, philosophy, and in maintaining society and law, the empowerment of women, and so much more. Um, there's a great book by, I think it's Tom Woods, who wrote a book on how the we- how the church saved or how it built Western civilization. Another good read for if you want to check it out. Hey, when we come back, startling news coming out of Capitol Hill about the ability to blind the U.S. military and maybe even take out all of our communication. It has given me pause. We'll talk about that when I return. I'll fill you in. Don't go away. <laughs> 